Mississippi's a state that seems to get overlooked quite often when we do these types of series. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, Mississippi horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from a specific state or something different, be sure to simps. Be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Sit back, relax, and get ready to be scared out of your mind with these allegedly true Mississippi Horror Stories. Hey everyone, just as a quick reminder, or for those who may not have heard in the past, I am a part of Chilling, and I wanted to make sure you take advantage of our free trial if you haven't yet. Chilling is the new home of horror, and an amazing mobile app that allows you to do things that are just not possible on YouTube, with hundreds of amazing stories that are sorted into curated playlists, or ones you can create yourself. We give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a chilling exclusive feature, our ambient sound menu. You can change the background noise as you please. It's an absolute game changer. Of course, this is offered completely ad-free. That's right, no ads, just hours and hours of uninterrupted, horrifying creepy, and all-around spooky content. We're just getting started, too. Not only are we adding hours of new content every single week, but we have added classic novels, old-school horror radio stuff, and tons more is coming all the time. There are never shortages of new updates. We are really building something special here. I couldn't be more excited to have the opportunity to be a part of this journey. I hope you join us. Download now and start your free trial today. Click the link in the description down below and join me, Being Scared, Let's read, Your Maker, and many others on the Chilling app today. The year was 2001. I was a very naive 18-year-old female at the time, who had grown up in a tiny community in deep south Mississippi. The population at the time was around 411. It was one of those places where everyone went to school, K-8, through in their respective community throughout the county. Then, once high school came, everyone from the entire county either went to the public high school or the small private school in the city within the county. Of course, by this time in my life, I was out of school and working at one of the convenience stores on the outskirts of a little country town. But as any small town in the United States goes, if you stay in that town, you will always see people that you went to school with on a regular basis, rather than hanging out with your friends. Anyway... I would work 2pm to 10pm a couple of nights a week and weekends from open to close. I was never left at the store alone. Due to some robberies in the past, my boss, Lee, was always there in the office monitoring the CCTV just in case. Every afternoon around 4, this guy Chris that I had grown up with, usually we rode the bus together, would come in and buy a black and mild and a couple of 40s. I never knew him personally. He had a sister, and they were both very shy and quiet throughout our school years. Well, I'd always be nice and speak to him each day. And each day like clockwork, Lee would come out of the office after Chris and speak something like, Something is wrong with that boy. I'd always reply to Lee and say, He's nice, he's just shy. He would say, I'm telling you, something's just not right with him. Well, as months went on, Chris and I would talk a little more until one evening. He'd asked me if I wanted to go ride and smoke with him after work. 
I said, sure, I'll be done at 10. I mean, it's not like there was a lot more to do back then, so why not? I generally got a ride from my sister after work. She worked just across town and our schedules were similar. So this night in particular, my sister shows up and as I'm about to tell her to go ahead, I got this sickening feeling in the pit of my stomach. Something was telling me to get in with my sister and go home. So that's what I did. She asked me to drive, so I hopped in and as we are leaving the parking lot, Chris was pulling into the parking lot to pick me up. I got out of there before he noticed it was me in the car. It was strange. I had never had that feeling before, but I just knew I could not get in that car with him. The next morning, some kids were coming into school at the small private school I had mentioned earlier. They saw something strange at one of the gates. Well, curiosity got the best of them. They went over to check it out and that's where they saw her. A half-naked lady who had been mutilated in some very disturbing ways, just tossed out like trash. Of course, news spread like wildfire in a small town. And by noon, that day, everyone had heard about this poor lady and how she had been dumped like trash for these poor kids to find. I went to work that day as usual, and my boss comes in a little bit later. He puts his stuff down in the office and says to me, I told you there was something wrong with that boy Chris. It was him. Apparently, after I left that store that night, he picked up a lady who was having car trouble, and he did those horrible things to her. He was picked up by the police that morning after a local ER doctor called them to report a suspicious incident that happened between him and Chris in the early hours of the morning. Chris had come into the ER with a large wound on his hands from a knife. His demeanor was strange, and he had threatened the doctor. He told him if he hurt him while stitching his wound, he would kill him. So, it didn't take the police long to put two and two together. At that moment, I knew the little voice inside my head had saved me from a night of terror and death. Over the years, I thought back to that night and felt guilty because it was supposed to be me in that car. It still makes me tear up as I write this. I can only imagine what those last few hours were like for that poor girl. My advice to any young lady or gentleman, if your gut tells you don't go, then don't go. Be safe out there. You just never know what someone is capable of. About a year and a half ago, I and five of my friends were hanging out one night. Now there is an old cemetery in the part of Mississippi that I live in. Several different members of my family and friends that are older than me have told me that it used to be a site for devil worship and rituals. Naturally, my friends and I wanted to go see what this was all about. So one evening we loaded up and went to the old cemetery. One of my friends had a hurt knee so he couldn't get around too well. As a result, he stayed in the truck along with two of the other people that were with us. Me and my other two friends got out and walked around looking at the headstones. Now this is not the first time I had been there, so I told my friends that were out there with me that we should play a trick on the others in the truck. We acted like we passed out and got up and started to run back out to the truck. There was one thing wrong though. My friend that owned the vehicle we were just in was standing there staring into the woods as if he was in a trance. I grabbed him by the shoulders and shook him. I asked him what he was looking at. He just replied in a monotone voice, I don't know, but I saw something standing out in the woods. We shook him out of it eventually, and we booked it back to the truck and backed the hell up out of there. However, 
when we started moving forward to go back down the driveway towards the road, and I mean no sooner than we started to drive forward, the truck just cut off, like the entire power just stopped. I know for a fact that my friend did not cut it off manually, because the key was still in the on position. We had to cycle the ignition three times to get it to crank back up, and we got the hell out of there. From then on, I knew that place was indeed haunted. I've been back one time since then, and I've never felt right about that place after what happened with my friend's truck. I know this wasn't the longest story, and it might not have been the most scary, but I hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for sharing it on the show if you do. In 2002, in mid-September, me and a friend were looking for Native American artifacts in the Homoshito National Forest in southwest Mississippi. It was approximately 2 in the afternoon, so we pull into some gravel road then turn onto a smaller logging road, which we traveled down about a mile or so before we parked. We walked down the small logging road for about another mile and a half that ended suddenly and turned into a smaller trail. We traveled down this trail for about another mile and a half, and were probably no more than two and a half to three miles away from our car. We come to this little hump in the trail. As soon as we reach the top of the hump in the trail, it's like the forest came alive. Approximately 30 feet all around us, pine trees as big as five inch diameter were shaking violently. Half of the creatures were howling like apes and orangutans, and the other half were growling like the most horrible growl that can be imagined. As soon as the tree shaking and hooping and growling started, I turned back to the direction we had came from because I thought they were sneaking up from behind us. A couple of seconds after I turned around, I felt something at my feet. It was from my friend. He had collapsed from fear and wrapped himself around my feet and legs and his exact words were, I quote, Oh God, I pray to you. Don't let them eat me. I pray to you, let me see my wife again. A second later, I grabbed him by his collar and told him to stand back to back. I told him, we're going to stay on this hill. Keep in mind that the tree shaking and hooping and growling was still happening all around us. We both had 7-inch flathead screwdrivers that were used for digging up artifacts out of the soil and walking sticks that we were holding onto for dear life. The tree shaking and hooping and growling lasted for at least 5 minutes. Then it was like someone turned off a light switch and everything went dead silent except for a dog that was miles away, barking constantly. So we stood there for at least 30 minutes and didn't hear a single thing walking towards us or away from us. So I said, we need to make a break for the car. So we started walking back at a good pace, not quite running, with my friend in front when suddenly he stops and I run right into him. I ask him why the hell he is stopping. He couldn't speak. All he could do was point at the ground. When I looked down, I saw a perfect footprint, so I lay my walking stick beside it and put a small piece of black tape to take a measurement of the footprint. This thing measured 22 inches. When I looked up after only maybe 30 seconds, my friend was gone. I was still a good half mile from the car, so I ran so fast that I could feel the wind whistling by my ears. When I came around the last curve, I heard the car crank up. The sound relieved me at first, but then I thought of him leaving me. Just then, he floored the gas and spun around, and the passenger door flew open. In a full sprint, I dove into the car, and he floored it again. 
We spun the tires until we reached pavement. We stopped to gather ourselves after a while, and I honestly asked him what it sounded like to him. He replied the hoop sounded like monkeys, so I asked if he saw anything, and he just had this blank stare and would not answer me. My friend moved from southwest Mississippi to Oklahoma about a month later, and when he comes to visit me about two years later, I grilled him about what he saw. He finally admitted that he saw something that was 9 to 10 feet tall. It had reddish-orange fur, and its shoulders were at least 5 feet wide. He said he only saw one of them there, but there could have been a lot more because the trees all around us were whipping back and forth, and I could hear them. If I wouldn't have turned around when it started, I probably would have seen it too, but fortunately I didn't see it. I've spent my entire life in the woods, hunting, fishing, and camping. Now I can't get within sight of that major roadway without having a panic attack. My friend has since passed, rest his soul, but I tell this in dedication to him. This is something I will never forget and will go to my grave telling anyone who asked that this did happen, and it's true. This is a true story from my childhood. So I grew up in a small town out in the woods and swamps of Mississippi. As a kid, I would spend most of my time exploring the woods and wandering quite far into them, and I never had any bad or scary experiences out there. I would usually bring my golden retriever with me as well, and he was the sweetest dog I'd ever met. He never barked or growled at anyone or anything, and thought anybody and everybody was there to play with him. I was about 12 or 13 at the time, and though I do have a vivid imagination, I've always been a rational thinker with a level head. My backyard had probably 40 feet of open space before it ran into the woods. Looking out of a full glass back door, it looked straight into the woods, and we would have a large garage off to the right a short distance that backed up into the trees with a small path behind it. The way our driveway was set up, cars could pull up to the right side of the house and there would be a small strip of trees visible to them. The first time I saw something and knew something was off was one night when my golden retriever was growling at the back door, hackles slightly raised. I didn't feel anything at the time, but it was slightly unnerving seeing him growl like that. I let him outside and he sniffed around a bit and then came back in and just stood at the door, watching. I shrugged it off and continued with my night. This happened for two more nights where he would just stand at the back door growling and barking occasionally. I ignored him until the third night. That night, I walked by the back door and froze. Something was watching me. I could feel its gaze on my skin and all the hair on the back of my neck and arms stand on end. My dog was particularly aggressive, snarling and barking at the door with all his hackles raised. I tried to look inside and outside, but I couldn't see anything. It was much too dark. We had floodlights on the back of the house though, so I flipped them on and there was nothing in the yard. The way the beams were pointed, they fell short of the tree line, but I knew something had to be there because I kept focusing on one point in the trees that just felt wrong, like it was where I was being watched from. I cautiously opened the door and my dog ran out into the yard, snarling and barking at the same exact point I was watching, but he wouldn't go within 30 feet of it. I called him back and he didn't turn around. My dog slowly backed up all the way to the house without turning his back to that spot. I was terrified, 
I have never felt so much palpable fear or dread in my life. I wanted to run and hide, just, just get away from this, just from how intense this feeling was. I let him back in and locked the door and I flipped the lights off. When I went to turn away, that's when it happened. My mother pulled into the driveway and her headlights lit up that section of trees and my dog went ballistic and that's when I saw it. It was standing at the edge of the tree line directly where I was looking. A human shape but pitch black and tall, impossibly tall, easily as tall as the garage itself, maybe even bigger. I couldn't see in any eyes, but it was standing parallel with me, staring straight in at me. When the light hit it, it turned and walked behind the garage. I can remember how smoothly it moved, like it barely touched the ground, almost like it was floating. The fear I felt was so strong I wanted to crawl out of my skin. I was in pure terror. I never saw it again though and haven't felt fear like that since. I ran into the living room and yelled at my dad that I saw Bigfoot. As a child, I really couldn't think of any larger humanoid figure and sprinted to my room and locked the door. I couldn't sleep at all that night. I'm an adult now and a few months ago my dad asked me about that night. He said he remembered me telling him I saw Bigfoot, and he went and grabbed his pistol and went out into the yard. He said the dog went with him, but this time the dog just hid behind my dad the entire time, shaking. He felt uneasy and yelled into the woods that if anyone's out there, they're going to eat a bullet. He said what scared him the most was the dog's reaction to it and how terrified the dog was there. My dad is a teacher, and he tells the story to the kids he teaches every so often, and they usually laugh and think it's made up and he assures them that it's not a funny story when I tell it. He told one class the story and as usual they were laughing, except for one student. They looked scared, almost terrified. This student is full-blooded Choctaw, and they came to my dad after class and said, That wasn't Bigfoot, but I know what it was. They wouldn't say its name out loud, but they said it was a shadow being that's malevolent and dangerous. This happened years and years ago and I still remember it like it was yesterday. And just thinking about it scares me and gives me goosebumps. It makes me nervous and uncomfortable to even share this at the best of times and almost makes me have a panic attack at the worst of times, whatever it was. I won't even go near the woods alone anymore, especially at night. I hope you enjoyed my story. If you have any questions or anything like that, please leave them in the comments. I've watched a ton of your videos lately and this was the scariest moment of my life, and I thought they might fit some of the themes of your videos. Let me start off by saying that I've never had any mental problems that would cause me to hallucinate or see or hear things that aren't there. I've also been sensitive to energies and things of the unknown and supernatural. So here are just two of my encounters that happened a couple of weeks apart. I'll go ahead and set the scene for you. I was born and raised in Pascagoula, Mississippi. I am a 33-year-old female. We've had all kinds of strange, supernatural incidents here. The Phantom Barber of Pascagoula, the 1975 alien abduction, the haunted Longfellow House, the legend of the Singing River. Hell, there was even a little-known murder of a local teacher here on her lunch break by a man committing a ritualistic, satanic sacrifice. But I digress. At any rate, I still live here. Pascagoula is in Jackson County, 
the farthest south in the state you can possibly go. When someone thinks of Mississippi, the first thing people think is backwoods and hicks. Pascagoula is nothing like that at all. A whole lot of suburbs. In fact, we are home to the largest employer in the state, Huntington Ingalls Shipbuilding. Anything south of Interstate 10 is a full-on city, but the first incident took place in Helena. It's about 10 minutes from Pascagoula and is sort of in the middle of nowhere. Specifically where I was, it was five minutes north of Interstate 10. I was in a small trailer park accommodating five small trailers far back off the road. If you were there standing on the street, it looked like the driveway just went into the woods. When I first moved there with my friend and roommate Stacy, being in the trailer gave me the creeps. It always felt like someone was watching me. Nothing too serious, I guess. Just a slight unease. Well, after about eight months living there, my friend and her daughter came to stay with us while they looked for a place to live. The daughter was mixed and her mom was white. This will be important later, not mentioning this for any racial implications. Not long after they moved in, the activity picked up exponentially. Stacy never believed it, but V, her daughter, who I was close with, and I would see things. At first, I thought it may be just me imagining things. That was until we saw the stuff at the same exact time. At first, I was seeing older and younger African-American men for a nanosecond, and then they were gone. Then it started with the bathroom sink. I would hear it turn on and off again. I thought I might just be hearing and seeing things until, one time, I heard it run into the bathroom, and when I went there, it was still on. I was home alone. Now, to set up some more context, the next part is important for me to tell you. At one end of the house was the kitchen and the living room. Then from there, the hallway starts. My room was first, then the bathroom, then lastly was Stacy's room. P was in the kitchen, and I was in my room. I heard the bathroom sink turn on. Confused, I stuck my head out while calling for P. But as soon as I did, it turned off, and P walked from the hallway to the kitchen and said yes. She was basically behind me. Trying to make sense of this, I asked, were you just in the bathroom? Her eyes got big, and she nervously said, no, I thought that was you. Now, P is not easily scared. I've never known her to fear anything, but at that moment, I could tell she was scared. A few days later, I had P take me in my car. I was too tired to drive, and it was about 10 p.m. to go to Walmart. My car was parked to the right of Stacy's, and when we went to pull out, we would make a three-point turn. Because of this, the driver's windows would be facing the back of his truck. Well, as we were about to put the gear into drive from reverse, I reached to grab my purse from the floorboard of the driver's seat and just happened to look up. That's when I saw it. Next to Stacy's tailgate, it looked like a man sitting. A white man in a black hooded robe with a skull painted on his face. Let me remind you, we are in the middle of nowhere, in the woods. I didn't say a single word. I just ducked down, now staring at the inside of the driver's door. Peace started to ask what was wrong. What are you... Oh my god. The windows are down. She threw it into drive, and we must have slung rocks all the way to the road. Now, my theory is that I'm sensitive, but from what I can tell, so is P. I also feel like someone who owned the land in the past may have sacrificed African-American men, or slaves, or something. Possibly even children in some bizarre ritual. And when P moved in, it triggered something. I later told an old neighbor about the story. 
She turned white and her jaw hit the floor. Stumbling over her words, she told me about how her young children used to ask if they could go play with the black kids outside. There were no black kids outside. About two weeks later, I had P take me, again at night, to St. Andrew's area of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. It's only two towns over from Pascagoula. St. Andrew's is vastly undeveloped with trees everywhere. The place I was going to was on the road and had trees on one side and maybe one house on the other. Let's just say it was mainly untouched forest. When we pulled up, she just pulled into the yard. I went inside to take it to my friend and borrow some money from him. When I came back out, the car was now parked parallel to the curb. I could see much of the car still from the porch, aside from the black windshield as it was obstructed by a tree that was in my line of sight. I could see the front part and the trunk. I saw a figure standing by my driver's side door, which I assumed to be P. Once my eyes adjusted, I could see it was an old white man, red, short-sleeved button-up and navy blue slacks on. His gray and white hair were slicked back, and his hand on the driver's side door like he was trying to get in. Once I realized it wasn't P, I started yelling at them, asking them what the heck they were doing. He turned to look at me and started to go back towards the rear of the car, but once he walked behind the tree, he simply disappeared. Stunned but worried about my friend, I sprinted to the car. As I made it to the car, she unlocked the door while simultaneously jumping into the passenger seat. P was frantic, with no color on her face. I asked what had happened. She managed to get out. He was trying to open the door. I asked where he came from. Without missing a beat, she replied, the woods, idiot. Where'd he go? I told her he disappeared behind the tree. All she could manage to articulate was, why does this keep happening to us? It's been a few years now, and P and I don't really talk anymore. I think since we're both sensitive, together we attracted paranormal goings on. It's probably safer for us both to not really hang out anymore. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from Mississippi. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a five-star rating, as that helps the show grow a ton over there. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it be a story from a specific state or something different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter 
Let me know what your favorite story was in the comments down below, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.